so fired up about today's message. I feel like the Lord's given me a word to kind of tie a bow on the series that we've been in for the last four weeks. This is week five of a series entitled Reach For It. And before we jump in, I want to encourage you to grab your notes out, grab your pens out. I believe God's going to speak some things to your life to inspire you. For the last four weeks, we've really given you four steps, four very clear steps, because we feel like if you have to ask, how do I get involved around here? We failed you. <laughs> we failed you as leaders if you have to ask. The, the way should be so clear that nobody has to ask. They ought to just know. So we tell it to you every Sunday. Uh, here's the four things we do. We want you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. How do we do that? Our weekend services, we want you, that's where we introduce people to God. Number two, we want you to find freedom. That's in small groups, and they're starting again pretty soon in June. And then we want you to discover your purpose, because God's made you unique, and many people don't even know what their purpose is. And number four, four, we want you to actually make a difference for eternity. So I believe we say it every Sunday for several reasons. One, because every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday. And for everybody else who's been coming, you need to have the language to help new people know where to go. So if somebody turns and asks you, like see, people have asked me in a store before, excuse me, can you tell me where the men's clothing are? Like, I don't work here. How many have ever gotten that before? Like, do I just look like I work at H&M? Maybe so. <laughs> but I don't, I don't work there, but I've, I've still helped them. Isn't that funny? Yeah, it's right over here. Let me show you where it is. Like, I've literally taken people, and I never said I don't work here. I just show them. <laughs> so even if you don't work here, you work here. Every one of us is helping people take the next step. Can I hear a good amen, everybody? And the two words we want people to know about this church is, say it out loud with me, everybody, hope and healing. Hope for you tomorrow and healing from your yesterday. It's all found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And today, I want to look at a verse, Ephesians 3.20, which is a famous verse. This is the verse Steph Curry would put on his shoes. This is the verse people get tattooed on their person, their body. And it's a verse, actually, just a few verses after our verse from last week. If you remember Philippians 3.12, Paul was saying, man, I don't want to do anything else but reach that purpose for which God reached me. Like, there's a purpose on my life. And a few verses later, we have Paul writing. He says, now to him, God, Jesus, who is able to do immeasurably more than I could ask or even imagine. Now, I could ask for a lot. I can imagine a lot. And he says God can do more than that. And it's according to the power that is at work within us. Our sermon title this morning is simply, Reach for the Sky. Are you here today? Turn and tell somebody, Reach for the Sky. How many love animated movies? Love animated movies. There's a lot of great ones. Incredibles is a great one. Uh, Toy Story, though, has got to be in the top three, for sure. That's a great movie. And you have Buzz Lightyear saying his, his coin phrase, to infinity and beyond. And then Woody has a couple of them. One of them is, I got a snake in my boot. The other one I like is, reach for the sky. And what he's saying is, it's really a statement of surrender. He's telling you, put your hands in the air, surrender, give up. And we have other statements about the sky, don't we? We have statements like this, the sky is the limit, the sky is the limit. And today I want to talk to you about both because when people say the sky is the limit, they're trying to encourage us to reach for our goal and our dream 
and it doesn't matter how high it is, like reach, like go for it. And today I wanna talk to you about both, about surrendering, reach for the sky, in in a sense of surrendering your life to God, and then go after everything God has called you to do. Because here's what I know for sure, everybody, that God has placed a purpose in your life. And unfortunately, a lot of us have stopped reaching for it. Because of that, our lives become very mundane, living under the false pretense of limitations instead of the calling and the grace that God's called you to do. We end up reading verses like Ephesians 3.20 and doubting every word. He is able, we think to ourselves, no, he's not. To do immeasurably more, no, he can't. Then we can ask or imagine, I've stopped asking, Sean, and I've stopped dreaming. According to the power that works in us. Well, I could see God working through somebody else, but I don't think I could see him working through me. Can you see how dangerous this is to fall into that that category? Because we then have a harsh reality in our life that we actually begin to believe, I cannot really know God. I'm not going to walk in freedom ever. I don't have a purpose, and so I am incapable of making a difference. But may I remind you today that God made you on purpose for a purpose. Can I hear a good amen, everybody? Come on, clap your hands if you believe that today. But ever since the fall of mankind, we have reached for things that are not going to last. We've reached for things that are shallow dreams, shallow dreams, surface level kind of dreams, where in reality we are dreaming dreams that are so shallow that they only benefit us. And in our pathetic attempt to find significance and meaning, we are trying to to somehow just benefit ourselves by getting more popular and getting more status in life. And we become the star in our own screenplay called Me, Myself, and I. And pretty soon, life becomes all about me and my likes and my dislikes and everything is revolving around me. And can I tell you, God has a bigger dream for your life than for us just to live for ourselves. And this type of dreaming always leads us to striving and emptiness. And we're reaching desperately for significance and meaning, but we are reaching in the wrong direction. Can I tell you, God has had a plan for your life, your entire life. And it has to do with his calling. And so dedicated is Jesus to this calling that he came to the earth, laid down his life to pay for and to free us from our sins so we could live for him completely for the rest of our life. Anybody grateful about that today? Let me say it in another way, that God bought back mankind's right to live in his original dream. We now can live out the dream that God placed inside your heart. It's actually possible. Not just plausible, it's possible. And even in seasons where we've been running from God, he still put an itch deep down in our hearts to want to live for something greater than ourselves. Today I'm praying that God would reawaken the dream inside of your soul. Because he put it there. And I'm praying that we finally realize that it's not about us, it is about him and reaching others with his love. Can I hear an amen, somebody? We don't, have to, we don't have to live for ourselves. We don't have to live an empty life without purpose. We can have purpose and we can have meaning connected to him. But it must be connected to Jesus. John 15, 5, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Everybody make your best branch impersonation. Many times we, yeah, like Thriller. <laughs> 
Sometimes we think that we're the vine and like Jesus is just blessed to be connected to us. Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. Without the vine, there are no branches. He says, watch this, if, big question, if, if you remain in me and I in you, so there's a relationship here, you will bear much shout out fruit. Somebody want to toot their horn. They just want to toot their horn, toot their gifts. If you want to toot something, toot fruit. <laughs> that sounds weird. But it's about fruit. It's about making a difference. Apart from me, you can do nothing. No thing. It's interesting because what good is a fruit tree without fruit? Like you have a fruit tree, has a lot of leaves, a lot of branches. It looks full, but it's fruitless. I'm suggesting, ladies and gentlemen, let's not look full and be fruitless. The fruitless of the loom. <laughs> God wants you to produce some fruit, and God gives dreams that are bigger than us to teach us our need for him. <laughs> to the point where when those dreams come to pass, we turn around and give him all the glory. I wonder, has anybody ever arrived somewhere and you turned around and said, that was God. I could not have made it here by myself. I wasn't qualified. There were other people in front of me. I'm not that smart. I'm not that gifted. But somehow the grace of God stepped in and made the dream happen. Is there anybody that can testify today about the grace of God? There's a God dream planted inside of your heart. He placed it there. Go after it, reach for it, water it, cultivate it. It's exciting to think about the dream, and now it's even greater to step towards the dream. Something let come alive in your life. Let the dreams of God that have been lying dormant in your life be resurrected today in Jesus' name. We have our faith in Jesus for who he is. We place our faith in Jesus for what he's done. Well, let's place our faith in Jesus for his plan and dream for our life too. Because he put it there. God put the dream there. And God gave you the ability to dream and to create and to imagine. Dreaming is an act of faith. Because you're dreaming what's not possible. And let's restore our faith in God and the dream that he placed inside your heart. Now speaking a message like this, there's a danger in this type of message because there are some people who can take it the wrong way. For instance, there are some maybe who have not yet surrendered their life to Jesus, and they can mistake this message for thinking, well, he's preaching just a good self-help message, and I can help myself, and I can do whatever I want for me. And you forget that every dream that God gives you is to establish his kingdom in you so he can move through you to reach more people with the love of Jesus Christ and the message of hope and healing that leads to eternal life. Be careful how you hear this message. This is not just a pump me up message. This is, a, this is a motivating message. There are other people who can mistake this message and say, well, God gave me a dream. It's an amazing dream. And these people expect the dream to be fulfilled a tomorrow. <laughs> and we refuse God access into our life so he can step in and begin to do some surgery with such grace and precision and remove the things in our life that are not like him that are hindering us from moving forward. I just want to preface the message today in saying, let's hear it through the right ears. Yeah. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, Paul is also writing from prison. 
a hole in the ground, really, is the Mamertine prison as he's writing his very last letter to a young preacher. And he says that God has saved us, say saved, and called us, say called, to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done. Oh, man, if it was based on what we did, God would never have called. But because of his own purpose, say purpose, and because of his own grace, say grace. He said, saved, called, purpose, grace. Saved, called, purpose, grace. Many times we are more than happy to live saved, but we're not living like we're called. We like the fire insurance, and yet we don't want to live according to God's purpose for our life. So he says, let's live saved, like, like let's live like Jesus really has given us his grace and his mercy and forgiveness. But also, you are called to something. God doesn't call you if he didn't want you. You don't call somebody you don't want. There was not a misdial on God's phone. He called you. No matter where you were, he called you. Can you just think back for a second to the moment when he called you? For some of you, he was in this building when he called you. For some of you, you were driving down the freeway and you were crying your eyes out, gripping that steering wheel, wondering if life was really worth it, and God reminded you of his calling. For some of you, it might have been a bar stool at 3 o'clock in the morning, and you put that beer down, and you said, what in the world am I doing drinking my life away. God has a calling on my life. God called you. For some of you, this is your first experience in church ever. And you're like, I think he's calling me. That's why I'm here. I'm checking it out. Listen, he does have a calling on your life. He has a purpose on your life. He loves you right where you are. And there's something greater he has for you. A lot of us are wondering in life, is there more than this? Yes, yes, there is more. There's more. But it's found in him. It's found in a relationship with God. So let's live saved. Let's live called. Because he, he called us according to his purpose. There's a purpose. There's a dream. There's a vision he has for your life. And it's all because of his grace. Write this down. If you're taking notes, I would suggest to you that you ask God what his dream is for your life. Just ask him. When's the last time you asked him? Where you're asking, you're spending time, large quantities of time, thinking and praying and asking and saying, God, what is your dream for my life? What is your vision for my life? Here's, here's a couple indicators, okay? Here's an indicator that you know it's God's dream. Number one, write this down. This is important. Number one, that it revolves around Jesus and not ourselves. That's how we know. The dream would revolve around Jesus not ourselves. Matthew 6, says, seek first, shout first. first. He didn't say second. He didn't say third. He said first, put God first, his kingdom, his rulership, his righteousness, and his reign. Put him first, and then all these other things will fall in place. But a lot of us are wanting the things to fall in place without putting God first. Our God dreams revolve around him. Number two, write this down. It embraces the great commission. It embraces the Great Commission. You say, what's the Great Commission? It is God's heart to reach planet Earth. It is his heart to reach people who are lost and hurting and broken. Matthew 28, 19, he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of every 
ethnic group. That's the word nations there, every ethnos in the Greek. So not just a white church, not just a black church, not a Hispanic church, not an Asian church. He said, I want you to go into the highways and the byways. Every single soul has value to God. And we're screaming that out to America that is having such a difficulty with race relations. We need to come back to the Bible and realize that there is value and purpose on every single life. And our job is to go. What's go mean? It means don't stay. It means movement. It means you're going into your schools. I'm only in junior high. Yeah, and God's placed you as his representative in that seventh grade class to bring revival to that school. Well, I'm just, I'm just a, I don't have a cubicle. Great, you're God's representative in your cubicle to bring revival to that job. You're God's representative in the medical field to bring revival to the medical industry. You're God's representative in the, in the educational field to bring education, not just teaching two plus two, but be God's light. And I'm not saying be weird about it and step on your desk and begin to declare thus saith the Lord, look at the book of Revelation, but you live a holy life, you live the saved life, you live a called life, and people will begin to say, there's something different about you. I don't know what it is. Can you tell me? Go! Stop staying! If, if our Christian life is, is summed up with what happens in here for an hour, we're in trouble. This is nothing more than a coaching session. We worship Jesus. We get fired up. One, two, three, break. Go back to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28 says, go and make disciples, followers of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. He says, I want to reach the whole world. And I, listen, there has never been a generation that is actually able to fulfill the words of Christ until this one. With technology, we are now able to, to reach more people. Like when I was speaking in Nicaragua, our big missions trip in Nicaragua, Nicaragua, we had 20,000 people show up and our team did a, a crusade for them. Well, 20,000 people is a lot of people. And then people started coming up to me showing me their Facebook Live videos. And 128,000 people were watching. As another person said, 73,000 people were watching. And another person, and another person. I'm thinking, there's never been a generation that can fulfill the Great Commission by getting the message of Jesus to every ethnic group in the world until right now. I'm telling you, we are sitting on the precipice of something amazing. We need to stand up and realize and recognize the times. Anybody else fired up about this? Here's another one. It revolves around Jesus, not ourselves. It embraces the Great Commission, and it's done for God's glory. The dream. Here's how we know the dream is actually from God. It gives him glory. Colossians chapter 3 says, and whatever you do, whether it's deed, whether it's word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Like whatever we do, let's do it for God. Amen, everybody. So ask yourself what God's dream is for your life. Spend some time praying, asking him specifically. Number two, place your faith in God to receive it. Place your faith in God to receive it. Jeremiah is a prophet in the Old Testament, and he says that God is recording, he's recording the words of God. He says, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. And then he asks a question that's re really rhetorical because the answer is no. Is anything too hard for me? Is anything too hard for God? Come on, is anything too hard for God? 
So if God placed a dream inside your heart, he can help it to, to come to pass. Yeah, I didn't, I was like, yeah, God is great. And then when I said about your dream, it's like, yeah, okay. Like that's typically how we view things, right? God is great, but I don't think he could do great things through me. God is great, and he wants to do great things through you. To dream big, ladies and gentlemen. If God can do anything, then I would say don't let the impossible intimidate, let it motivate. Let it motivate you to pray more, to fast more, to read your Bible more, to learn more, to grow more, to be more dependent on God because faith works in the realm of the impossible. Like faith, you don't even need faith until something's impossible. So if God can do anything, what if we just begin to dream big? What if we stop dreaming dreams that we can accomplish in our own strength and begin to write out some dreams that if God doesn't show up, we're toast? When we started this church, and when we got this building, and all of these things, these are huge steps of faith where we thought, I said to God, if you don't show up, we're toast. I can't do this in my own strength. I don't have the capability or the ability. But God, step in. I need you to step in. And when he does, anything is possible. Psalm chapter two, verse eight. God says, ask me, and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. The ends of the earth is your possession. Not for us to rule over, but for us to reach. Like we can reach the world. Okay, listen. All the nations, the world, that's a pretty big dream. Write this down. We're going to need God. We're going to need God. Don't ever get to the place where you think that, okay, God, I got this now. Okay, I needed your help over here for some training wheels with that dream, but now I got this. I got this. We don't got this. We need him. And then number two, write this down. What am I designed to do? You think about your dream. You're dreaming big. And then think about how you fit into the dream. Like, what are your gifts? What are your talents? What are your abilities? What are you good at? Not just your wishes, but what are you actually good at? I'm not saying like, hey, I could sing. And then and I can't sing. It's like the American Idol person. Remember, they come on stage and they sing. And, and people are like, you are the worst singer I have ever heard in my life. And the guy's like, well, my mama says I could sing. And then what do they say? Your mama doesn't love you. You know. <laughs> no, like if you're gifted at something, you'll be good at it. So if you're gifted with, with kids, you'll be good at that. Kids are around you. They're flocked to you. If you're good with, with graphics and design and production, there, there's fruit of that. If you're good, a good communicator, people want to listen. If you're a good leader, people will follow. If you're a good gatherer, Pete, you'll, you'll look around and there'll be people around you. If you're a good small group leader, your small group will be growing. I like, there's just, there's so many indicators. But I don't want you to do something you're not passionate about doing because when you do what you're not passionate about doing, you burn out. Ever heard somebody say, I'm just burnout, out, Pastor Sean. I'm just burnout." out. We used to hear that for the first seven years of our church. We heard it every single month because I was placing people like, hey, you can breathe. Go work the nursery. Like, I was placing people in places where they're not passionate. And they would come to me and say, I'm burnt out. Over the last seven years, we haven't heard that phrase. When we place people in places of their passion, because when you do what you're created to do, it doesn't burn you out, it just energizes you. Sure, we get physically tired. I get physically tired doing anything. Basketball, golf, but I still love it. And I get physically tired as a communicator and as a leader, but it energizes me. Every time I do it, it fires me up. I want to connect you to that. So, Philippians 3.12, you can do this. 
Paul says, not that I've already obtained all this. Okay, calm down, I haven't arrived, he says. I'm not, I haven't already achieved my goal, but here's what I promise you. Here's what I guarantee. Here's what I'm dedicating my life to do. I'm pressing on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I want you to find your that. I want you to grab hold of that, that purpose, that calling, that, that gift. Find it. Don't sit on it. Find it. And then once you find it, develop it. Let it grow. And pretty soon begin to use that to reach other people. Because God never intended for you to spend your entire life looking for your calling. Don't expect too much out of me, Sean. I'm just still working on me. God never expected you to work on you the rest of your life. He never expected you to be searching for your purpose. Like, I just haven't found it yet. I'm just still searching. Like, you're 97 years old. You better hurry up. God hopes that at some point you find your purpose so you can spend at least a part of your life doing it. Come on. And we want to help you discover what that is. It's not hard, but he gives you a dream to expand his plan on the earth. What's his plan on the earth? To reach people with the message of Jesus Christ. This word has been a word that we've been tossing around for the last few months. And it's a word I feel is really the word for the year, for the church, and for us, for you, for you watching online. For us here at the church, and it's the word expansion. Like God wants to expand our reach and expand us. Started thinking about Isaiah chapter 54 again this last week, and it hit me that there's three things that help with expansion. He's talking to the children of Israel, and he says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Don't hold back. One translation says, Spare no expense. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. It occurred to me this last Sunday night that there are three things that pop off of this text to me. You ever read a text that you've read a hundred times and you see something new in it? There's three things where expansion cannot take place without this. We feel like God wants to expand us as a church. I feel like God wants to expand you and all of us together individually. But expansion cannot happen without these three things. Number one, write this down. Expansion cannot happen without a stretching. He said, stretch the curtains wide. Make room. And let me ask you a question. Where does God want to stretch you? Where are you comfortable? And where are you consistently comfortable? And where is God asking you to step out? Maybe it's to expand your reach to reach people so that they can know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We want people to experience the hope and the healing of Jesus. Well, that's not gonna happen until we are actually stretched out of our comfort zone. Identify where your comfort zone is, and here's your homework this week. Step out of it. If your comfort zone is to not invite anybody to church, here's your homework. Take an invite card and invite somebody at the grocery store. If your comfort zone is not to tell anybody that you're a believer, step out of your comfort zone and tell somebody. If your comfort zone is, listen, I just want to come to church just for me, step out of your comfort zone, go through the growth track so you can actually begin to serve and make a difference for somebody else. Identify where your comfort zone is. It's, comfor it's comfortable for a reason. But the only comfortable people in an NFL season are those sitting at home on the couch with a bowl of Doritos watching somebody else live out their dream with their feet up. I'm here to tell you, let's stop watching somebody else live their dream and let's live our own dream. God placed the God dream inside of you and it's going to require you to be stretched. Stretch me, God. It should be our prayer. And number two, expansion doesn't come without stretching and it doesn't come without sowing. 
S-O-W-I-N-G. Not sewing like your pants. Sewing. The text says, spare no expense. Don't hold back. It's a Bible word for investing. We invest in what we value. We give to what's priority. We give to worship Jesus and to be a part of what he's building. I would recommend that you begin to ask yourself, what would God have me sow, plant, invest? And here's the cool thing about our church. We never ask you to give around here. How many appreciate that? Okay, well, three of you. I'm going to start asking then. <laughs> no, seriously. We don't ask people to give at the church, but I will unapologetically ask you to ask God what we should give. God, what, when's the last time in an offering time or in a workplace environment, we just begin to ask God, what would you, what's the number? What would you have me give? What would you have me sow? What would you have me invest? What would you have me tip? What would you have me give to that person, that single mom? What would you have me do? What would you have me do? God, I'm open. Because a lot of people, their lives have been changed here. And they're asking, what can I do to give back? Well, ask yourself, aren't you glad that there were people giving before you got here? Come on, how many are grateful people were serving on the day you showed up? How many are glad that people gave towards this building so that you came to this building and you found and met and encountered the love of Jesus Christ for the first time in your life? We ought to clap our hands and thank God. Now all we do is we pay it forward. We invest in somebody else. We invest in their encounter with God. We invest in their ability to, to hear God clearer. And no expansion can happen without stretching. No expansion can happen without sowing. And no expansion can happen without strengthening. He said, strengthen your stakes. He gives us the picture of a tent that's getting larger to house more people. Take the, st the stakes and strengthen them. And here's the question, obviously, is where do I need to get stronger? Where am I weak and where do I need to get stronger? What do I need to, where do I need to grow? Where do I need to serve? Where do I need to get off the bench and get in the game? For some of you, it's to take the next step to our growth track. The growth track starts next Sunday during the 10 o'clock service or the five, at 5.15. And it meets right next door in our growth track room. Just come, Even if you don't sign up, show up, we're ready for you. But I have a strange feeling it's going to be packed next week because of this series of a lot of people saying, you know what, Sean, I'm taking my next step. My next step is to get involved, to discover my gifts. Give me four Sundays and I'll help you discover your gifts and calling. I'm telling you, it's so simple. It'll springboard you into the mission that God has for you. So you can serve on the dream team and make a difference. Because that's the greatest need of the human heart. So there can be no expansion without stretching and sowing and strengthening. So if we want to expand, let's stretch, let's sow, let's get stronger. Verse 3, Isaiah 54 verse 3 says, You will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. There are 101 cities in the Bay Area. The Bay Area is the most unchurched area in America. For decades it has been. And we, you better get ready to shout, are on a mission, get ready to clap your hands, to change that statistic. Can I hear a good amen, somebody? <laughs> how many people out of the 101 cities in the Bay Area, how many of them have people who are hurting? 101. How many have people that are broken? 101. 
How many people that feel empty and like they're meaningless in lives? 101. So I believe that God is calling us to take a step of faith, to expand to the left, to expand to the right, so we can dispossess at the hurting and broken areas and people can come to God. If you believe that, clap your hands and say a strong amen. God dreams are worth waiting for. You know, we almost quit. Diane and I almost quit 10 years ago. Do you realize that? Do you realize we went through some tough things and there were some people in the church that were causing some waves and it was really discouraging for a while. The church wasn't growing. We almost quit, everybody. This would not be here. I'm so grateful we didn't quit. Some of you almost quit. I'm so grateful you didn't quit. Habakkuk chapter two, a prophet in the Old Testament tells us to write down the vision. So once you get the dream, write it down. Make it plain on tablets that the herald may run with it. Watch this next part. For the vision, the dream that God gives you awaits an appointed time. Now God has a purpose and he also has a timing. It will speak in the end and it will not prove false. Wait for it. Even though the vision lingers, wait for it. It will certainly come. It will not delay. I'm telling you, there's some dreams inside of your hearts that you've laid dormant. You've allowed to go to sleep. And some of you need to go to your dream and say, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. It's time to wake up again. Wake up, wake up, wake up. There's purpose, there's calling, there's hurting people. Wake up. It's no time to sleep. It's not time to slumber. It's time to wake up spiritually and declare God has some purpose for this generation. Wake up. Reach for it. The purpose is found inside of your life. God called you saved you for his purpose and his grace. Too many people stop reaching for the dream of God. I think here's why. I was thinking about this. Could this be because after the dream comes the work? It's easy to dream, but after the dream, you got to do something. Chris Hogan puts it this way. He preached at our financial conference. He said, a dream without a plan is just a wish. So after you get a dream, guess what? You gotta get up and get to work. Start walking to something that seems bleak and impossible. God has given you a dream, but it doesn't happen without patience, pruning, and preparation. So maybe your preparation is to attend our Bible college that starts in August. You can sign up in the lobby today. Maybe God's put a call in ministry in your life. Let us know. We'd like to come alongside to help. Maybe it's to join our nine-month internship where you say, I'm gonna give nine months of my life to the church to build people and so they can invest in my leadership so I can become comfortable and confident in ministry. It doesn't take your weekdays. It takes your weekends, Sundays, and we pour into you a couple hours on a Sunday. Leadership principles, getting you to where God wants you to be quicker. What is it? What, where, where is God going to expand you? Because what happens is, I was putting up a tent one time and I was trying to get, I'm not that guy, by the way, I'm, to put the tent up. So I have, I have the, the rope and I, I stretched the cord out, this one cord way out here. And then the other cord was too short. It was so frustrating. This corner on this side, I couldn't expand it to what it needed to be for us to go, our family to come in and inhabit the tent. As a church, we are growing. As a church, we are expanding. Don't be the short rope that refuses to pull your corner out because God wants to use every one of us to expand to the right, to the left, 
to the north and the south and the east and the west. You're going to reach people I can't reach. I'm going to reach people you can't reach. But together, all kinds of people will reach all kinds of people for the glory of King Jesus. I read an article this last week by a lady named Gretchen. I, don't, I didn't catch her last name. And she said, she started talking about a diamond. You know a diamond? Um, before the diamond is cut and refined and polished to sparkle, you know what it looks like? A lump of charcoal. That's what a diamond looks like. I've never seen anybody be like, hey, I just got engaged and had a big old piece of charcoal on there. <laughs> you know how long it takes to get a diamond? Like, do you know where they're, they're found? They're found 100 miles beneath the earth's surface. That's 528,000 feet. That would break your Fitbit. And the diamond is found, when it's found, it takes time, it takes energy to, to dig the lump of carbon up, to see its potential, to begin to shape it into the beautiful stone that we see in a store. There's a lot of work involved before we just see something in a store. And it takes so much time and so much skill from the diamond cutter to make every tiny cut to transform this gem into something valuable, precious, beautiful, sparkly. I want you to see God's dream inside of you like that. It may not look like much right now, but we have a God who knows how to pull potential out of us. We have a God who knows how to reach down deep inside of every single heart. He knows how to refine you, and he wants to cut you and make you into the person God's called you to be so you can actually fulfill your purpose, his purpose for your generation. If you believe that, say an amen. God's dreams are worth the wait. God's dreams are worth the struggle. They're worth falling on your face a couple times and learning the life lessons that God wants to teach us along the way. They're worth taking the risk while everybody else around you is living in their safe zone. God's dreams are amazing and God is even bigger than the dreams that he gives. His plans are worth waiting for. His plans are worth working for. They're worth stretching for. They're worth sowing for. They're worth strengthening for. They're worth preparing for and going through it for. Don't get depressed when the hammer begins to strike and chisel things away in your life that's not like him. He's preparing you. He's getting you ready for something. Don't stop reaching out for God's dream. His dream is amazing. His dream is going to blow your mind and he is still able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or think according to the power of God that works inside of our life. Somebody shout, reach for it. Come on, say, reach for the sky. God's dreams are powerful inside of your life. And they will happen as long as we put him first. Obey his word. Follow hard after him. Psalm, the last verse, Psalm 37, 5 says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Put God first. And I'm not just saying any desire. But we try to get so close to God where our desires are his desires. And commit your way to the Lord. Watch this. Not just your life, but your way to the Lord. Trust him and he will do it. Reach for the sky. Because God has placed a dream inside of you. And I don't want us to go through life just searching and reaching for meaningless stuff. I want you to reach for his purpose because God has an amazing plan for your life.
Amen, everybody? Come on, if you believe that, let's clap our hands and say a good amen. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed all over this room, maybe you're here today and you say, Sean, my first time, or maybe I've been coming for a while, but my life isn't right with God, and I know it, and I need it to be. Allow me to lead you in a commitment prayer that you could pray right in your seat, listening online. You could pray this prayer in your, wherever you're watching it. But I believe there's a, a calling. There's an itch in our hearts that God put there where we are not satisfied with anything else but him. And there's a calling inside of us and an itch to live for something greater than ourselves. It's Jesus and his purpose and his dream. So if you're here today and you say, Sean, that's me. Count me in that prayer when you pray it. I want to give my life to Jesus. Surrender the controls of my life to him. I'm reaching for the sky. I'm reaching in surrender, and I'm reaching also for his purpose. On the count of three, all over this room, just lift your hand up and say, count me in that prayer when you pray it. Come on, be bold. One, two, three. Lift it up, shoot it up, hold it up. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, every hand is a soul, everybody. Expansion is happening right now. Right now. Why? Because this church has made room for more. We've added services for more. We've made more room for more. We've invited. We prepared. We got up early. We're investing financially. Everything to make this dream possible. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, pray this prayer out with me. Mean it with all your heart. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me right where I am. Today I give my life to you. Forgive me from my sin and wash me clean. Be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying for me and paying for my sin. I want to walk in freedom and I want to walk after you. Kind of just think about the dream God's put in your heart for a second. For some of you, you don't know what it is. We're gonna walk with you and help you find it. For others of you, 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 you think you know. Others of you, you know. And then there's some of you who you thought you knew, but it's been dormant for a long time. Lord, I pray for every God dream inside of us, that you would give us the tenacity to go after it, with an unbridled passion to see your will accomplished in the earth. We love you. We love you. And we're overwhelmed with your love for us and your grace and your patience. And today I pray that you bless us with the ability to see this dream come to pass. Not years down the road, but I pray that, Lord, you'd help us to get ready for it now so we can actually do it see people come to know you. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, come on, if you believe it, say a strong amen. Can we clap our hands for everybody who prayed that prayer today? Great job, great job, great job.